second. And welcome to Down the Alley. This is PMAC. And Ted T.S. Spirides. And JP. And how is she going this gorgeous afternoon? Another uh, another weekend. Um, got Team 36 practice tonight. Uh, final two practices coming up, but... Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was one of those weird things, no lacrosse this weekend, but certainly was not a sit around and do nothing weekend. So, um, a lot of busy, but not, at least the weather was nice. Yeah. It was a quote unquote weekend off, um, for us. And I had to smoke 150 pounds of meat. So I felt like I worked harder this weekend than I have <laughs> all summer. Yep. How did hey, that how go? Was your weekend? Did you get all 150 pounds of meat smoked and dialed in? Smoked just in the nick of time. You never know with smoking. You never know with smoking when your meat's going to be done. And you have to just trust the process. You can't rush it. You have to trust the process. I I can confirm uh, because I I went to Peyton's grad party. I had the meat. Uh, Four of them were done on my smoker for extra real estate. So I was like, well, I have to go at least and try uh, well, I have to go because I, you know, I want to go to Peyton's grab party, of course. <laughs> of course, of course. I want to try the meat. Uh, it was good. It, it was done well. Uh, the stall was a long stall period. We hit a stall it, and we hit it hard. And uh, PMAC was sweating. He had to sweat out those last couple hours. But once it broke through the stall, it went from like 160 internal temp to like 190 in like 30 minutes. It's just like like crazy quick. And then, uh, and yeah, so you got all the food there in time. There's plenty of food. Um, I was sling. Oh, cook too much food. We didn't know that, but better to have too much food than not enough. Absolutely. Um, so I was giving away pork butts. I was like, Hey, you're leaving. Take a pork butt with you. Um, <laughs> so some people went home with the pork butt. There you go. That's not a bad uh, party favor to get. Um, my weekend was good. I spent yesterday out on a uh, medicine Lake, learned how to wake surf for the first time. Um, got up on like the third try. Not bad. So that was pretty sweet. You're an um, just an athlete, the natural athlete, you know, just the waves are just calling my name and I just fit right in, in that barrel, you know, I don't know, but anyway, no, it was fun. Um, today just kind of laid low b- battling some, you know, weekend, repercussions in the belly region um so you know just dealing with my own you know own consequences that i gave myself but it's all right nothing that's going to hold us back at all so yeah overall pretty good weekend so yeah we're club lacrosse wise coming up on our final week it's kind of weird tryouts coming up so people are asking us about tryouts and everything so um, yeah, if you're, if you're looking for a tryout, check out our website. Tryouts are coming up first week in August. Super pumped about that. But first, a couple practices left. Kansas City coming up next weekend. Can't wait to eat more barbecue to compare my barbecue to, you know, the quote-unquote elite barbecue. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm going I'm to see where I stand. I'm going to see where I stand next weekend. And um, it's going to be fun. But uh this isn't breaking news uh we could have done maybe a breaking news you know break you know uh emergency press conference for this but um you know a topic we've wanted to cover for for it's on the whiteboard and uh so we wanted to cover this and uh you know there's been 
news articles, videos, people signing college athletes like crazy. But I'm going to shoot this over to Ted uh, as he's going to talk about this or at least give us the initial. I'll add some of my hot sauce on top of it, maybe give you a hot take. I don't know. We'll see where it, see where it goes. Um, but college athletes, name, image, and likeness, they now own that again. They should have always owned it because it's their own name, their own image, and their own likeness. But apparently the NCAA, they owned it for a while. Uh, it's going back to the athlete. Um, so, Ted, I'm going to shoot it over to you. What do you got, and where are we going to take this conversation? Yeah, I um, I know, yeah, like you said, it's not breaking news, and everybody's seen it. You know, basically college athletes can get, you know, paid paid – money now for their, you know, their, um, their own image, uh, and, you know, endorsements and, and things like that. Um, I think I don't want this to be a podcast about like, is it right or wrong? Because everybody has an opinion on this. Um, but what I'm most interested in, you know, being a lacrosse person is, how will non-revenue sports, everything except for football and basketball, how will how will this impact them and the athletes that play these sports? So my biggest question, and, and I guess theoretical question, and this is where you guys can maybe answer, you have let's say you have a an elite high school athlete who is good enough to maybe play division one football and would be maybe like a, a middle of the pack guy. Um, probably maybe make a division, a big time division one roster, but no, they're not starting day one. Maybe they're, they're somewhere deep in the depth chart, but athletically on the lacrosse field, maybe they're like a, a top 10 recruit, you know, in, in high school, a top 10 player. And we've seen examples of this in the last few years of like, they're, 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 they're really a big time lacrosse player, but they're also pretty good at obviously other sports and they choose up until this point, they've, they've chosen to go football, basketball, even as kind of a middle tier player because of the opportunity to make money professionally in the future. Um, you know, just, just the thought of potentially making it to the pros where you can, you know, even as a veteran, as a rookie minimum practice squad guy, you can make decent money and then have a chance of, of, of really playing in the big leagues. Right. Uh, whereas in lacrosse, that hasn't been an opportunity. Okay. So I agree with what you just said. Um, but I'm going to add something to me, maybe, what you're laying out here. Um, I don't necessarily disagree with you, right? The allure of, you know, making a practice squad and, you know, the Vikings practice squad and making six figures or, you know, maybe making, um, you know, some money playing basketball overseas, right? If, if you have that kind of self-awareness, you know, as a high schooler, okay, I know I'm not NBA, but I'm pretty good. And, you know, maybe I can go overseas and make a couple bucks, but to even back that up, there's full rides and, and, and half rides in those types of in situations, right? Basketball, football, right? You're getting real scholarship money, 
yeah. in lacrosse, I'm going to – let's just assume, unless you're – even the big-time guys, what are they getting um, scholarship-wise, right? If, if, you're a, if, you're a, if you're a recruitable football player, you're getting a full ride. Yeah. Yeah. Football is full rides, I think, or nothing. I think it's, it's all or nothing in, in football. Um, again, don't quote me on this. I I should have probably done the research, but I didn't. Um, no, I think that's right though. I think it's an all or nothing thing. Like you're either a scholarship athlete or you're, you're a walk-on. Right. Kind of how it works. Um, I don't know how basketball works. Um, but I know in lacrosse, like even the coaches have been on record saying like, like legendary guys like Paul Rabel, Kyle Harrison, Steel Stanwick. I mean, some of the OG, like big time names were getting half rides. And so, those are the, like the guys. Yeah. You're not, world. if you're listening to this, just assume you're not Paul Rabel. You're not Steel Stanwick. You're not Kyle Harrison. You may be someday a lot. If you work really hard, just assume you're not. Um, And so, so, so yeah. Um, and, and so like the scholarship thing of, you know, if you're good enough to you know, get a scholarship in football, it could potentially be worth a, a four years of college, maybe five years of college, to be honest, because if you redshirt a year, you get five years and four years of playing. Yeah. Um, anyway. Um, yeah. So, so I guess finish, I guess, finish your yeah. point. So question. Yeah, I guess what's your question? What's your point? My question was, does this bring more allure to, to use your word, allure to playing lacrosse or a a smaller non-revenue sport for the chance of being like the guy? Like, Like, okay, I'm getting recruited by all these big time college lacrosse programs and maybe I'm getting some decent interest at D one football, but like these, these college lacrosse programs are like, we want you to be one of our, the guys like starter. You're, you're a freak athlete. You know, you, you have it. We can teach you to throw and catch, or we can teach you to cover some, you know what I mean? Um, and we, I, I don't know if there's been a lot of examples of this. I don't want to discount someone who's a, a lacrosse player first, but some of these guys who've been great, lacrosse college lacrosse players have been really like actually recruitable athletes in other sports. And they chose lacrosse for whatever reason they did and like ended up having great careers. Like even Pat Spencer was a big basketball guy. And now that's what he's doing. Um, and it was like lacrosse maybe had whatever reason they chose. Will will there be more of a reason now to choose to play lacrosse? to be the guy knowing for four years you like you kind of are a big target for that that niche you know like big fish in a small pond maybe or like you don't want to be everything to like everybody like yeah you could be like a nike athlete you know because you're a pro basketball player pro football player but again assume you're not like the there's so many good players right and again there's just way less lacrosse players than there are football and basketball players and so then you're, you're, you're shrinking the pond, which gives you a technically a better chance of being a notable, like on the short list of STX wants you or whatever it is. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm articulating myself well, but like, does this make going and playing lacrosse 
more enticing to an athlete because they can get paid for these, like these endorsements. I understand your question, JP. I want to hear your thoughts. I, I get what you're saying. And I, I think there will be cases of that. Um, I mean, if Pat Spencer, you know, knew he could play, um, you know, for Loyola and get signed by Under Armour and get signed by, you know, this local company in Baltimore and blah, 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 blah and make more money. Like he's going to be able to put his name out there on a larger stage, even in the lacrosse world, being the number one attackman in the country versus being like the seventh man at Northwestern, you know? So there definitely are going to be situations where it makes more sense if you're looking at it financially for players to go, you know, play lacrosse or play hockey or like do, you know, whatever the smaller market sport is at that school. Um, Unfortunately though, I just, I think it's going to be like a negligible kind of response in that way. Like, I don't know that there's going to be enough of those guys that understand like where they can make money from in the lacrosse world that are going to be the guy that every brand wants that aren't quite good enough to be like bigger guys on a football roster or whatever. Cause I, I don't know what it's going to be like for like a football roster, but like you could still be the 40th guy on the used football team and still get signed by somebody, you know, if you're from some small town or like, I don't know, you just happen to be in the right place at the right time. Nike will know like, Oh, you're getting on the field. I don't know. I, I just, so I think, like- what you're trying like so what you're saying and i'm trying to i'm trying to think out loud so i can understand what you're saying is like the opportunity got bigger for lacrosse but it also got bigger for the big sports too so like the right. rising tide raised all ships so we're basically in the same position we were like when people were making no money like i think didn't like the u uh miami didn't somebody sponsored or a booster sponsored the whole team and it was mm-hmm. like, you have a Jersey and you're on the roster, like the actual roster, the, the full, the full thing, not just like who travels, you know, you're going to get a piece of this pie. And it was mm-hmm. like half a million dollars for, for the year. And that split between, you know, however many guys are, are on the team. And it basically covered like rent and food and just like basic living expenses, um, you know, every kid gets, you know, eight grand a year or something, which is, you know, 500 bucks a month or whatever. Um, and so, or, or seven fifty a month or whatever it is. Um, and so is that what you're kind of saying? Is that like the, the pool got bigger for everybody? So like it really, nobody, there was no flipping of the guard. Right. I think, I think that's kind of going to be what happens. And I kind of did some quick research. Um, so apparently on the cross, like there's not, a number of a set number of full rides you can give out. There's just a set amount of money that coaches can distribute amongst players. So it's very, scholarships. I'm sorry, 12 and a half scholarships at the D one level. Right. It's but it's basically, it's saying that full ride scholarships for D one lacrosse are still very rare. So Correct. like, 100%. even if you're getting a half of a half of your tuition paid for to go to Duke, like you still, that, and going to like a full ride deal at the U, right? In order for me to go to Duke and still be paying what it would be twenty five thousand dollars a year, that money that I'd also have to be making for my name, image, and likeness would still have to outweigh that twenty five thousand dollars. Versus if I go to the U on a full ride, I'm saving that twenty five grand, 
And then whether I get to make money off of my own name and image is kind of an afterthought because any amount of money I make, whether it's 500 bucks or I'm one of those guys making 20 grand a year, you know, it's still going to be more money than making it. You know, you have a lot more ground to cover even on a half scholarship at a big school for lacrosse versus getting a full ride at a football school. You know what I mean? You're like, you're thinking like it's, it's how we talk about recruiting with our players. It's like, look at the net cost. Like, yeah, don't, don't go to a small D three, you know, uh, 1500 miles away because quote unquote lacrosse is paid for by the school. Mm-hmm. Instead of like, oh, I, I don't want, I don't want to go to this school because they have a club team and I have to pay three grand a year for lacrosse. It's like, well, you're paying in state tuition and saving 20 a year on tuition. So if you just run the full math problem, you're going to realize what, you know, different conversation, but I think same concept of you have to run the math problem. And this probably only applies to a small number of people. Um, you know, but yeah, I think again, yeah, if you're, if you're good enough of an athlete to be being recruited to play division one football and division one lacrosse or division one basketball and division one lacrosse, then you just got to open the spreadsheet up a pen and paper, however you decide to do your math and say like, if, if it's going to come down to that, like that's probably shouldn't be maybe top of the list of choosing a school. Maybe it's part of the factors, but like, you know, you just have to sit and go, okay, like what is like the number that's going to matter to me to, you know, not play football or not play lacrosse or whatever it is. So I think you're right, JP, you know, as I, this, this thought came into my mind, you know, a few weeks ago. And as you were talking about it, I'm like, yeah, I probably agree with that more of it's just going to be the same situation. And it probably makes the rich get richer, to be honest with you. Um, you know, your top big time athletes at big time schools in the revenue generating sports are going to cash in um, and get endorsement deals because of their popularity, because there's no eyeballs in lacrosse. So, you know, backup quarterback at Alabama, you never know when he's going in, right? Like, you know, backup quarterback at Clemson, uh, one knee injury away from being the guy that everybody's talking about. Our our brand's going to say, hey, we got a small endorsement deal from you, but you never know, like lock in the backup quarterback or the freshman or whatever to know that like they could have a chance of buying low on a, on an athlete. Cause like that, that bench guy would, will take anything you, uh, I don't want to say take anything, but assuming they're not getting a lot of attention, but all of a sudden on ESPN on a Saturday night, that name could be everywhere. And they're like, Oh, he's a, you know, a, a Swiss cake roll and door. You know what? You know what I mean? Like, it's just a random thing. Like it's just, I don't know. It's like a penny stock. Yeah, no, seriously. Cause it's going to be those smaller brands that are going to want to sign with those second, third string guys, you know, like say you're coming from War Road, Minnesota, that whatever small business is there is going to want to sign you. And then all of a sudden you get in on a Thursday night playing for the Gophers and yeah. you got all of a sudden Dale's auto shop all over the place, you know, <laughs> not a bad call. Interesting thought. PMAC, any, anything to add or any different takes on this? So I'm going to, I'm going to take it to, I, I've got two bullet points. Um, 
one is going to be kind I'm going to try to take it in a different direction that you guys were talking about. And then I've got a completely different conversation that obviously ties with, with the topic. And I guess my one question about this is, you know, what kind of money will even be in our sport lacrosse specifically? Like obviously the starting quarterback at Alabama and you know, the, the Manning kid, the next Manning kid coming up, you know, they're going to get, they're going to cash in. They're going to make bank in college. They're going to make professional football type money, but for lacrosse, um, how, how much of a factor is this? Is it, is it going to change anybody's life? Even the number one guy in our sport in college. I, I don't know. I don't know what the money is, but even it, even if somebody's getting 500 extra bucks a month or gets a thousand bucks to come to a local autograph signing, I mean, to a college kid, that's a lot of money. Even if it's comparable to the quarterback at Alabama, not big. Like, I feel like, uh, you know, if a college kid who's, who's going to be playing lacrosse anyways, all they have to do on a Saturday for two hours is go to the local sporting goods store and they're going to throw them 500 bucks. Not a bad gig, honestly. So I, again, to answer your question, how much is it life-changing? No, probably not. Um, for lacrosse, like it's not like they don't ever have to work again in their life, but it, you know, for the big time players in these smaller communities, but that like these lacrosse rich communities, it could be, you know, there could be a, a nice opportunity at least, you know, for a few years, go sit at the green turtle for a while. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. There's going to be, I guarantee you 10 green turtle athletes before the start of next season. <laughs> um, the way I see this happening though, like, so STX is probably the biggest lacrosse company, especially given that they're owned by Nike. Um, so like they have the most money to dish out. I would imagine the way I see this kind of starting out, though, is that, like, your Jared Bernhardt's and your bigger bigger name guys, the biggest money that they're going to get is a company stepping in and being like, oh, you have 15 grand left on your tuition bill this year. We'll pay that off, right? Or something like that where it's not going to be tangible money in a player's pocket when we're talking these bigger, you know, a couple thousand dollar deals. Um, but I do see somewhere maybe not next year maybe not in the next two years or so but like that's going to be the first big signing um is going to be like a, hey we're going to pay your tuition because no one's on a full ride in the sport of lacrosse um but yeah that, I, I see it more is that le- i feel uh, like that could be a why that, not i mean yeah. i mean it might not be like uh oh hey we're paying i mean they are doing it anyway but like oh, okay. i feel like okay. it's gonna okay. Start, okay. it's okay. gonna start out as of like you have, you need $20,000. No, listen whatever. to me, listen to me, listen to me for two seconds. So you brought up, I'm just throwing the number out. Duke, hey, Duke's going to give you a half ride. You're going to come to Duke and be the guy. And then some local, even, even a local company, not even a big time company is like, you know, who might be invested, you know, booster, whoever is like, yeah, come to Duke. We'll sign you. And we pick up the other half of your tuition. Like that's got to be. That's going to be illegal. Yeah. That's going to be a recruiting scandal. That's going to open up a can of worms. Like this whole thing's a can of worms, right? That's why the NCAA was trying to avoid it. But that's got to be 
that's going to screw with recruiting, no? Yeah, I'm trying to look it up and see if there's anything. I feel like the all bets are off. I mean, we got the transfer portal where, I mean, you got free agency uh, basically now in college. You have guys that can take their personal brand and make money just like a pro, right? Just like a. So is that going to become a selling point? Hey, um, hey, Duke, you know, come to whatever. Any come to team X, Y, and Z and what? we're going to have a whole division of, of brand marketing people, and we're going to help you generate income while you're on our team and build oh, your brand. That's something I was thinking about again in lacrosse, not sure how much it's going to factor, but in the bigger sports, in my opinion, college teams should spend just as much time recruiting businesses now to be yes. partners mm-hmm. with the program, like a vendor list, basically like a partner list so that they can. So if I have, you know, five business, big corporations that all are my partners at, at Oregon football, you know, Nike obviously has kind of a, that's probably a bad example. Uh, University of Colorado, uh, you know, mid-major football team, right. You know, they're decent, not, not, not huge, not a blue blood but they have 10 really good companies that they have a a relationship with that say now, Hey, when your athletes get recruited, send them to us, we'll get them in a meeting. We'll get them figured out how to get them on a, you know, on a marketing deal. Well, that's, that's probably more important now than we have a sweet weight room or we have a sweet stadium or 50,000 people, hundred thousand people come watch our games. You know, all the things that, the arms race of facilities that college sports were um, that were kind of in for a while there where it was like, we're building a new building and we're building a new building and our weight room's bigger. And we have bit heavier weights and we have nicer weights and we have a TV. Well, we have two, we have snack bar. We have a whole restaurant, you know, it's just, it was always just one upping the next guy. Well, now the first college coach that can walk into somebody's house and be like, you're a five-star football recruit. Here's the list of businesses that are ready to do business with you and write you checks sold. I'm coming there. So the brand, like if you want to call it brand marketing division, you want to call it a vendor list. You want to call it, that's, that might be the game now. I think that is going to be the game. Um, JP, any last thoughts before I bring up a different topic, but I like where that is where this is going and where it went. No, I just, I wonder if it's going to get to I me mean, because I can give a kid however much money I want and he can spend it however way he wants. So I just wonder if it gets to the point where companies are basically paying for scholarships, if scholarships kind of go out the window to a point, you know, if these companies are fl- like flipping the bill for his tuition, then like the school, why does the school need to give out money anymore? You know? Well, that could be, again, going back to everything goes back to recruiting. And right. No, right. If, if, if a coach is like, screw scholarships, we're, we're not going to use them anymore. Like whatever, or we'll use the 12 and a half, but who cares? And they can just get you the revenue to pay for college indirectly. Then they're going to have, then they're going to have the best team and they're going to get the most recruits. And it's, I don't know. It's interesting. 
And like, what about like a D three school that couldn't offer athletic scholarships, but you basically raised that point. Like, like, nope. Hey, like I have, I have, you know, an in, I have this much in my head. I have this much money with 3M who's a Minnesota company and they're going to, you know, they're going to pay for 10 kids to have a full ride at their school, knowing that that school produces kids that like to go that do well at, you know, the business that is investing, you know, the, the pipeline of corporations and then D three programs could say, I can get you a full ride. That's been a huge issue with D three trying to recruit you know, is like, well, a kid will want to go D2 or D1 to say, I got a thousand bucks in athletic money to tell people they got an athletic scholarship. That feels good. Right. Um, that's a goal that people want to achieve. And it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be more interesting to see how schools and coaches use this rule versus players. Yeah. I'm interested to see how we talked about I hope D3 coaches are just taking notes off our, our podcast right now because I want to see. Yeah. That, that could change D3 recruiting. Yeah, really good. Um, so I've got one last point, and this was a, a scandal that went on. Um, you know, there's a million scandals, right, that have happened with recruiting and companies and whatever, but specifically with AAU basketball, right, they were giving them signing kids to Nike deals, and, you know, it was like Nike, Adidas, and, and you know, maybe there's – under armor, right. There's, there's all that stuff kind of going on. Um, is that going to be fair game now? Like it was kind of getting sketchy there for a while. Like, and is that going to be used in recruiting? Cause Hey, so-and-so, you know, let's say X, Y, and Z schools and Nike school, you know, are they going to start funneling, you know, uh, Nike to certain AAU clubs and clubs in general to then, direct them to a specific college and like whatever. And again, with this name and image and likeness, you kind of see where I'm taking it. I think with any, with any rule, with any law, with any change in law, you have the, the upside and the downside. I mean, it's kind of like, why doesn't every state have casinos downtown to drive tax revenue? it seems like a really easy way to to generate tax revenue, right? Tax, tax stuff at the casino, make everybody, you know, a lot of people like doing it for entertainment, but they don't want the problems that are associated with having a strip of casinos, you know, Vegas, Atlantic city are the two that are legally allowed to have a casino in the state. You know, obviously we see casinos all over on, um, reservations, but the downside isn't worth the upside because they're going to spend just as much money trying to have security all over the place. You know what I mean? And like damages. And I think the same thing is kind of true with this rule is like the upside of like allowing athletes to capitalize on their time in the limelight. There's going to be downsides to it too of people going after 12 year olds and and like trying to sign them to deals and like, do, are they really mature enough to make that decision? It was kind of like the early recruiting thing where it's like a kid was making a college decision before they even stepped foot on a high school field. And was, so was it a kid really making the decision or was it adults making the decision for their best interest? I don't know. Um, 
All I know is that like at the same time, there's seven-year-olds that are making millions of dollars on YouTube opening toys and giving their reaction on the new toy that came out. Are they, is that going in their bank account or is that going in their parents or a sponsor or a businessman? Like uh, kids are, have been exploited for years in millions of different ways. And this, unfortunately, I think is going to be, there's going to be some bad eggs and there's going to be a lot of really good things that come from this. But I think it, you know, I think people just have to have to be on the lookout and, and do their due diligence. And like, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Um, but I think clubs, clubs will get contacted by schools and professional organizations. And, you know, they know, you know, they know that X amount of players a year go to this school from this club. So they want to keep the pipeline. I mean, just how the world is, you know, relationship building and, um, you know, got to sweeten the deal for people sometimes. And unfortunately there's people who do it in the wrong ways. Yeah, I, I, this is definitely not just the uh, end all be all solution to this problem. We're going to be talking about a new rule, new, you know, regulations coming up probably maybe even by the end of next school year. But yeah, I, I think you're right. There is a little bit of that. It is too good to be true kind of stuff going on with this new change in the law. Um, whether that means it gets like reeled in a little bit, different. But, you know, rules are put in. It's going to be something. I don't know what it'll be. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, there's going to be adverse effects from it that, you know, are unfortunately going to put up some barriers for some people. And, you know, it's it's not going to be just like, oh, I'm a college athlete. I'm going to make money now. You know, it's it's not going to be that simple, I don't think. I agree. Yeah, I think this is going to be a topic we'll have to – continuously come back to as more information comes out we see examples kind of what what happens with athletes what athletes and companies are doing um but i think this was a good initial discussion on it it's 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 breaking news um you know and it's going to change the game it's going to change the sports landscape um so i'm interested to you know talk more in the future and and come back to this because um, there's going to be more stories and more things to talk about for sure. All right. Well, uh, yeah, like I said, I think that was a good deep dive into, you know, initial dive into it. And, um, yeah, that's all I got on this topic, uh, for now. Yeah, that, me too. I think, uh, I think it'll give some, maybe some listeners will chime in with, with their thoughts or ideas or what they've heard. And then we can kind of build on this conversation, but, um, overall, I think in, in a really interesting change in, in the kind of amateur sports world. And, you know, I, I think, uh, I think there'll be, there'll be definitely examples and, and things hot off the press that we're going to be bringing up in the next few months here. All right. Thanks for coming down the alley this week. We'll, uh, we'll talk soon. See you guys. Later.